right. So obviously we've now kind of touched on lifestyle factors to help manage stress. We've kind of looked at the roles that training and nutrition play when kind of impacting everything else as well as impacting stress. Uh, so I think a kind of good way to kind of finish up on it is just uh, maybe a little bit of a shorter video kind of looking at supplementation to also kind of help support that. Uh, obviously, uh, immediately going into the disclaimer that we should be obviously aiming for, you know, a, a nutrient dense diet, we should be aiming for, you know, a, a well balanced diet where we are getting all these things in anyway. But with that being said, um, for starters, we could almost look at these supplements as an insurance policy in, in some regards. And then even potentially kind of other ingredients, uh, which may kind of come in handy, which we're just not really having in our diet at the moment. Um, obviously, these, these things uh, are all kind of derived of various nutrients, which can kind of contribute to kind of various pathways, uh, which may help to kind of manage stress. Um, so this does technically come under kind of the whole bracket of nutrition anyway. Uh, but yeah. this is more so kind of products and hacks that, again, we can kind of use a, a bit more so as kind of a, a convenience and insurance policy uh, alongside you know a, a well-balanced diet and stuff uh, mm -hmm. i think potentially first off uh, a big one to probably kind of get out of the way is a uh, nutrient status and potentially kind of looking at things like uh, magnesium and, and stuff like that yeah so nutrient status is incredibly important for stress management because if your body doesn't have what it needs to essentially perform its everyday functions then Again, that's just a stress, a bad stress on the body. Uh, so again, some nutrients are what you would call like cofactors, which essentially help in the body's, uh, again, just the body's functions every day. They, they, they are necessary. They are a must. And so if your body doesn't get them uh, through dietary intake, then it's going to pull those nutrients and prioritize them where it needs them the most from maybe other body functions. So you might actually start to, downregulate or shut down certain uh, but, uh, again functions of the body when nutrient status is impaired so again this is all just one big stress affecting you in a, a very negative way um as a side note something that's um not really it's not even a side note but something that's uh, a very obvious example is a female losing their um menstrual cycle that's very very clear very, very mm -hmm. clear sign of a nutrient deficient deficiency or or a high stress state um so another important example would be something like migraines now migraines are not that well understood but we know clinically if we give someone uh, ensuring that someone has um, efficient doses of magnesium and coq10 then we know we see a down regulation in the occurrence of migraines and severity of migraines as well so right. again these are just signs and symptoms of stress and how nutrient stats can affect stress and how it can result in this again this loss of period or this uh, migraine something like that so again i just wanted to say that to make it really clear on how nutrient stats really does matter and how it can affect affect you quite severely actually quite negatively so that's first and foremost next we can actually look at okay so how can we use uh, supplemental protocols to again fill in the gaps or as an insurance policy to help with nutrient status and again therefore help with stress management well magnesium is a great one and a common one that we love to bring up um, because again it's it's involved in so many different bodily processes um, or chemical reactions like so many I, yeah it's the number <laughs> it's i can't remember the number we use is 250 or is it 400 because one of them is vitamin d one of them's 
magnesium that we say uh, it's it's around that number anyway for in terms of total body um, reactions that happen to them every single day so it's a lot so magnesium yeah it's pretty pretty important um so firstly we can look at it as for sleep now again magnesium isn't a sleep nutrient it is again it's for over either 250 or 400 let's just say i think it's 400 so it's for over 400 different chemical reactions so it's not just for sleep it's used for what it's needed at the time. Um, so magnesium though does affect sleep. So you have again your stress hormones, which are called catecholamines, and what essentially happens is they build up over the day, and they need to essentially be cleared at the end of the day. So it's called this process called COMT clearance, which magnesium essentially is a cofactor for. So again, cofactor helping your body to a necessary thing that helps your body to perform this function. So it helps with this stress clearance. And what that means is it allows you as you're going to sleep to move throughout the different sleep cycles that your body goes into, which is critical for sleep quality. A really good sign is that if you're not clearing these catecholamines properly, is you will typically wake up a couple hours after going to sleep because you can't move into these deeper stages of sleep. So that's a really good sign. It might not be the root cause, but it's just a good sign that maybe you are magnesium deficient or you're not clearing these catecholamines properly. Um, so that's really, really important. Again, how sleep then affects your perceived stress and your tolerance to stress, critical. So again, you know, straight away off just one nutrient and just one pathway, we can see why that's so important for stress management. Um, I'm going to throw it back to you now because uh, I'm had something else to say, but I've forgotten yeah, it. So I'm no, going to throw no, it back to you cool. now. Uh, I think the idea of touching on on, on cofactors for one was was pretty important because uh, I, th I think one thing which people perhaps don't consider, even if they they do potentially look into into things like these these different pathways and, and stuff uh, on a more basic level, is perhaps not not really considering other things which are, are required to kind of facilitate these pathways. I think another yeah. good one just to kind of delve into into another nutrient that we can kind of look at supplementing uh, in the same kind of regard is uh, things like B vitamins, again, staying on kind of the, the topic of sleep. Um, you know, how many people look into kind of sleep supplementation, one of the first things they find is 5-HTP, uh, um, mm -hmm. which obviously then converts to, to serotonin and melatonin, uh, but aren't perhaps aware that, you know, vitamin B5 is, is the cofactor in, in the, yeah, the conversion, the conversion. of 5-HTP to serotonin and then B6 from serotonin to melatonin. Um, so again, considering, you know, if we, if, if we are kind of looking at this from more of kind of a, a nutrition perspective, are we consuming adequate amounts of micronutrients and getting in these mm -hmm. B vitamins? And if we are looking to more so just kind of fill in the, the gaps or kind of take these supplements as more of an insurance policy, uh, yeah. then consider supplementing with, you know, potentially looking into these, these pathways in more detail and considering things like cofactors, um, Perhaps a, another one for, for you to kind of quickly touch on is the idea of kind of the, the different types of, of magnesium you can get and kind of throwing that back into That's kind, what of I, the, kind of throwing yeah. it back into, into the sleep side of things. Because obviously, yeah. it, you know, it, as you mentioned, you know, magnesium is important for, you know, various different functions in the body. Uh, but when perhaps kind of looking more so at kind of the, the sleep side of things and the comp clearance, um, may, maybe kind of a, a bit better to, to discuss uh, the type of magnesium we need and why we need that without without going too much into the rabbit hole, I guess. <laughs> so that is what I was going to say, and I just forgot in the moment. Uh, yes, the types of magnesium do matter. But before I get back onto that, I just want to throw it back quickly to the B vitamins. 
So they are quite hard to get through your diet, but again, to provide a dietary option first before you go supplemental is typically organ meats such as liver are really good sources of B vitamins. So if you want to go through diets, which you probably should start with organ meat, um, good option. Uh, after that, again, not getting to the rabbit hole, but if you're going to supplement with B vitamins, then going for methylated B vitamins is Ooh, 100% yeah, okay, a better okay, option. Yeah. 100% good, good, a better option. Good point. To throw uh, on, basically, actually, yeah. The simple way to look at that is a methylated is an active version of the vitamin, whereas a non-methylated is an inactive version. And then you have to essentially go through this conversion to make it active, which technically in itself is a stress. And you have to go through this methylation process. Again, not getting down the rabbit hole, but actually uh, a lot of people have a inability to properly methylate. Uh, so then again, that's just becomes quite hard to actually, that affects immune status again. Let's not get down that rabbit hole. Yeah, no, no, um, a, good, so, a good point to bring up though, even even without kind of going too deep into it, something that people should consider when actually, you know, because because again, how many people look into kind of cheaper supplement alternatives? Yeah, a, a chat yeah. that I have with clients a lot mm -hmm. when they come to me and I, and I ask them like, what supplementation are you taking? And they'll kind of throw out these, you know, different supplements that they might be taking as, particularly on kind of the health side of things, people are very quick to kind of go for the, the high quality protein powders, high quality pre-workouts, but especially on the health side of things, how many things little, are you taking from, yeah, yeah, yeah. How, many, yeah. How, how many people are taking these multivits which don't actually have the, the active forms or really forms which are, which are too absorbable and, and they're really just yeah. wasting their money and time. Uh, not only that though, but in a really, so an example, a really clear example is looking at folic acid versus folate. Yeah, yeah. Folic acid is a, uh, what's the right word? Um, synthetic version of folate, but it needs to be converted into folate to do its job. So if you're taking a supplement that has folic acid in it, it actually, what it essentially does it, it just takes up that folate receptor without actually being folate. So then any folate you eat, maybe through food, so things like spinach, which is high in folate, it's now can't get to receptor because it's blocked with this folic acid. So again, the active version being folate, if you're going to go for a supplement route, make sure it has folate in, folate in rather than folic acid. Right, that was a bit of a sidetrack. So back to the forms of magnesium. <laughs> so you have different forms of magnesium, which you may have noticed, and the forms matter um, because magnesium is magnesium, okay? But let's give an analogy here. So let's look at a peanut butter and jam sandwich. Your magnesium is the the <laughs> the jam. The magnesium is the jam. The 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 bonds that the magnesium's with. So the different form of magnesium is the peanut butter. Well, guess what? You've got crunchy peanut butter. You've got smooth. You've got almond butter. You've got I don't know a mix of cocoa and peanut butter. You've got a whatever type. Of, you just different forms of nut butters. I'm, I'm, um, I'm surprised basically. I haven't heard you use this analogy before. That's a very good one. Carry on. Yeah. Um, so you've got different types. Of, well, actually, to be fair, so uh, credit where credit's due is that Broderick Chavez uses this analogy for different types of testosterone. Uh, so then I okay. thought, right, I'll just apply that to different <laughs> types of magnesium. Um, okay, so yeah, you have different types of magnesium. So the magnesium is magnesium, but what it's bonded to is it affects how it kind of works. And yeah, it essentially affects how it works. So for something like sleep, you want to go over magnesium there's glycinate, which is essentially magnesium attached to glycine. Uh, glycine is another cofactor which really helps um, with that complement, but also helps with your ability to stay asleep for that reason. Mm -hmm. So that's a really useful one. Uh, um, or magnesium theonate, which is uh, um, 
or oh, what's it called? L-thionine. So basically it's magnesium with L-thionine. L-thionine has a common effect, so it helps with uh, this um, parasympathetic state, which again is that rest and digest. So that, that's the state you want to be in most of the time. But So they're really good for sleep. On the flip side, you have something like magnesium oxide, which <laughs> magnesium oxide cannot be absorbed. So what magnesium oxide is really good is temporary relief of constipation. <laughs> But if you take magnesium oxide, <laughs> in in sure, if you if you're trying, to, <laughs> in sure, if you're trying to get to sleep, and all you've researched is you know magnesium is important for sleep, don't just grab the first magnesium supplement that you find on online or in the in the sub shop because you might just end up taking it for the wrong reasons. <laughs> if you take magnesium oxide and you try to go to sleep, you're going to have to go to the toilet. <laughs> that's, that's what I can because it can't be absorbed so it can't be absorbed so it has to come out your system and it brings everything else with it good for good for temporary relief for constipation not good for sleep so that's um actually really really important um so that's just some key considerations for if you're going to go the supplement route and magnesium that's just really key considerations right there the, the form does matter and that they have different purposes for different forms um so magnesium Magnesium itself is magnesium, but the form it comes with affects how that magazine works essentially. So, um, okay, so we can, you know, look at other, we've talked about magnesium enough there. We can, you know, B vitamins are really, really important. Um, again, they also help with things like anxiety as well. Uh, we could maybe touch on something like myoinistosol, but probably leave that for a different time. Uh, so then we could look at something like adaptogens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Adaptogens are essentially in the name. They help your body adapt to stress. Now, don't go wild. Don't go wild and go, oh my God, that sounds like the best thing ever. What? I'm just going to take adaptogens because if you think just taking an, an adaptogen without doing any of the other stress management stuff, this is why we've left supplements to last, not nutrient status, because that is very important, but supplements themselves to last because it is the least important thing in terms of stress management have the foundation first so have your lifestyle factors in place first make sure your training's appropriate to you know wherever your stress stress is at in life make sure your nutrition matches your training and then after that if you have anything else in place you can use the five percent stuff which is the supplements so adaptogens yes they help your body to adapt to stress provide everything else is in place so they are good but they're not magic so you got things like ashwagandha you got holy basil you got uh Rosia, Rosia, Rhodiola. You've got reishi, um, which is a type of mushroom. Um, you have uh, L-thionine, uh, which not quite an adaptogen, but kind of is. Um, so you've got those different forms of adaptogens. Um, so again, which one you take is kind of a, dependent on what you want to achieve because something like um, Rhodiola is a great as a pre-workout because it helps with the recovery from stress without interfering with things like the inflammation and the oxidative stress you need in the first place to signal um, growth. So it helps with that recovery without interfering with the signaling effect, essentially. Um, so that would be a good option if you have, if you're going through a high, uh, a high training stress period, that would be a good option. So, you know, if you were doing a lot of, again, density work or systemic training, something like that, um, that would be a good option. 
something like L-thionine is very good post-workout because again, it helps you to switch from that um, parasympathetic to that, uh, sorry, from that sympathetic state to that parasympathetic state. So you switch from that uh, fight, flight to that rest and digest, which is really important for, you know, rather than just scoffing your post-workout food straight away, you need to be that common state first. So you can digest the food properly. So it's good to help you switch back. Um, Same with ashwagandha. Yeah, well, ashwagandha is an interesting one because ashwagandha helps with um, things like um so it kind of helps with things like your energy levels because it affects it can have a thyroid now that's both on a good both a good and a bad thing because for some it depends how you react but for some people if you take that before trying to go to sleep you'll actually struggle because you'll feel energized whereas for some people it'll have a common effect so again that you've got to experiment for yourself and find out for yourself and something like holy basil has has a like a really strong antioxidant effect um which can be useful, but don't use it around the training window. But if you are very highly work, if you have a lot of work stress, essentially, then taking holy basil, provided you don't train in the morning, taking holy basil in the morning is a really good option. So you've got a lot of different um, adaptogens, which again are just essentially herbs, which is help, help you adapt to stress. They all have slightly different purposes. So again, which one you want to use depends on what you're trying to get out of it. But again, what I want to make more clear than anything else is that they are the last things you should go to and they will only help if everything else is in place first.